SEO is AO. Welcome to the show, Nava Hopkins. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. And for those not watching who are just listening, I had to look at the piece of paper to remember Nava's name, which is terribly shameful of me. It's all good. Uh, if you want a little trick, it's Java, but with an N at the beginning. Thank you very much, Nava. Thank you. Now, 20 minutes ago, I didn't know about witches. Now, thanks to you and Victoria, I know all about it. What is it? Witchers are mon monster slayers that lack emotions, but get themselves into trouble anyway. And all SEOs should read witches. Yeah, because we need to, be, we need to stay neutral. Okay, great, wonderful. So all the SEOs out there, now you get to get your copy of witches. We're in Poland, which is where it was written. Mm -hmm. By a Polish uh, person called... Oh, that's a, I've, nope, nope not, nope, not nope. even going to attempt it. Oh, sorry for the trick question. <laughs> no, I, I know uh, that you came over from Boston. You've been here a couple of weeks, traveling yeah. around Europe, wonderful, uh, fun. Yeah, so uh, I just got in from SMX Munich, um, excited uh -huh. to be here uh, for Digital Olympus. Uh, it's, it's a phenomenal force for good. Yeah. Uh, and then it's back off to the States for a bunch of other conferences and then traveling again in May, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what we do. What a lovely life you lead. I'm very blessed. Yeah. And I also know that you were managed DJs back in the time at university. Uh, so it, funny enough, I, I didn't do DJing uh, in the traditional sense. Uh, my department was the radio theater department. So I would orchestrate different uh, radio theater uh, to go on our, our, our college so radio channel. You were DJ for radio plays? Yes. Brilliant. That, that's the most original job I've heard <laughs> all day. Now, today we're going to be talking about chasing quality over quality score. Ad, oh, sorry, I was going to say AdWords. That's terribly uh, passe now, isn't it? It's Google Ads. It, Google Ads and Bing Ads. We, we don't want to forget Bing. Oh, no, we don't, don't want to forget Bing, definitely. Right, so you're saying quality score is a health indication, not a KPI. Absolutely. Please explain. So uh, for those of you that are going to uh, be at my talk tomorrow, um, I'm going to go in, in depth. Uh, but for those of you that can't, uh, quality score is at its heart, cl uh, historical click-through rate, uh, landing page relevancy, um, and experience. Oh. So when we get a quality score, it's a byproduct of how much search volume is actually in your industry. And certain in industries are predisposed to a lower quality score. Um, what is the structure of your account? Have you set yourself up that you'll have a lot of data going to one particular keyword that will then be predisposed to get um, the data building that quality score? So it's a great metric to guide you of where to work, but it's absolutely not the metric to have your clients judge you on, and you shouldn't be beating yourself up. If you have a quality score of six, of seven, um, but and your ROI is amazing, absolutely be ecstatic. If you have a quality score of four, and your ROI is beautiful, you should still be happy. I had a question. I put my hand up very okay. politely. Um, the, the, the whole thing of quality score, I thought it was uh, relative to your competitors within your industry, but it's not. It's, it's an absolute score over the entire universe? It's an absolute score of how your account is performing. So what's interesting is that ad rank is governed by your competitors. It's like what they're willing to bid. Okay. Whereas when it comes to quality score, it's the absolute volume of historical click theory for you in relation to a degree to, to your competitors, but it's, it's mostly 
you and your business. But then you say historical, uh, but then I've got clients and within a day with only three uh, impressions, I've already got my quality score. Right, and that's because Google will at the heart will start you at a six. Um, everyone starts at six, and you but can I mean, go yeah, up and go down. But, but now they've stopped actually showing that. They've, I, I thought they'd, they'd said we've stopped doing that. Uh, and what I've seen, I mean, I might be completely wrong. Uh, within a day, I've already got a college score, be it three, four, six, ten, whatever. And so, when you have the the beginnings of quality score, it's based off of what Google has in terms of data for you. Okay. So, if there is limited data, that quality score may not necessarily be valid, which is yet another reason not to dive in too oh, aggressively yeah. on your quality score. You want to give yourself time for the account to gather data for you to see the actual mechanics of your performance. So if I pick up a client who's got a really bad account, whatever I do in creating new campaigns, I'm always going to be handicapped by their bad management from before. Not always. Um, eventually, it'll course correct. But that's actually... Eventually. The, but the clients are always incredibly impatient. So, but so, so the reason that I, I like actually building within an existing campaign, even if the quality score is bad, rather than starting from scratch, is that a brand new campaign will take a ton of time and more importantly, a ton of money to get off the ground. Whereas if you work within an existing campaign, even if the performance was bad, it already has that ramp up time. It, it already has better. that equity. Exactly. Um, and when we're doing restructures, it's actually a really important step, especially if you have a brand new client who's new to PPC, they're not quite sure mm. what to expect. If you set them up that their volume is going to go down or is going to fluctuate because you're doing a restructure, you are setting yourself up to have really tough conversations. Whereas if you leave your volume play open, you then can work on the restructure, prove out how good you are while not shooting your client in the foot. So, sorry, I'm, I'm, I stopped listening about halfway through. I'm terribly rude, but I was thinking, why didn't I have this conversation with you two weeks ago before I did exactly that and messed up and my client is getting right on my case? It's it's not a mess up. It's a, it's no, very- I've created it, these conversations. You just told me that I was, uh, the, the, the exact conversation I'm having with my client and I'm yeah. thinking, oh, I was gonna say something rude. Oh, dearie me. Oh, dearie. Oh, dearie. Uh, I wish we'd had this conversation two weeks ago. I regret. Uh, lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay. So um, the second point that I saw in your slide deck was honor thy budget, which sounds yes. terribly um, lovely. Ter terribly lovely. Well, so the reason that I, I bring up budget, a lot of accounts struggle because their bid to budget ratio isn't healthy. Um, so they'll go after keywords that do not fit their budget in a way that they could get enough clicks that will lead into enough conversion. So if you set a budget that is too small, no matter how good you are, you are never going to get enough leads to get the profit that you need. Whereas if you identify that there are certain ways of searching that will give you the same types of leads, but they fit the budget, it's perfect. So as a rule, I like to see that there is no keyword that exceeds 10% of my daily budget, because if I am banking on a better than 10% conversion rate, I am shooting myself in the foot. Um, and how I would check that, I look at the average CPC if I have it, but I also actually look at the um, absolute top um, and then also top of page CPC. Those are brand new metrics. It used to be first position and top of page. Um, so yeah, look at those metrics and come up with a budget based off of not just those, but also how much you make on the sale because not everything deserves to get, to get access to budget. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I think I've got one out of two though. I've just written the, the stuff down from that second ounce because I'm going to go okay. and check it right after. 
Um, third one, sorry, was branded campaigns, not ad groups. What does, what does that mean? Sure. So a branded campaign, um, much like a competitor campaign, means that all that is in that campaign are your branded terms. And therefore, the budget that you would set for that is maybe a little bit lower than your general service campaigns. Okay. You've also set your brand name as a negative uh, within all those other ad groups. So the okay. reason why yeah. I like to have them as campaigns instead of ad groups is as follows. One, budgets are set at the campaign level, not the ad group level. Yep. Cam branded campaigns are a strategically different initiative. I wanna make sure that it has its own budget. Number two, even if I've set those negatives, that ad group is still vying for budget in the, in the general service campaign. I am not going to put myself in a position where the budget cannot support all the different ad groups. And especially if that ad group will have all the beautiful branded metrics that it's going to have, amazing quality score, cool. um, amazing click theory, amazing conversion rate, amazing return on ad spend or ROAS, Google is predisposed to give the budget to that ad group. So instead of setting myself up for budget cannibalization, I maybe have smaller budgets, but I set it up as its own campaign. Okay, brilliant stuff. Next point, be the best in the industry. So the, the point of being the best in your industry was important. Um, a lot of folks will try to be the best overall, oh, as okay. opposed to the best lawyer and getting leads and having cost per acquisitions in line with the legal industry. So you versus have lawyers e who want to be the best dentist. Yes. <laughs> It sounds really silly. It, it does sound really silly, but the, the problem is that they'll look at budgets and cook theories and CPCs and all of that in a general sense. Okay. And they don't actually look at the individual industries and the supply and demand, the costs of services that drive those forces. In addition, there are different location uh, factors. So different locations have different ways of searching, yeah. different auction prices. And if you are going to put yourself in a position where you're vying to be the best overall, you are gonna lose because you ultimately are competing with people that put dumb money at the problem. So think like big, big brands. Yeah, like okay. Not to- Big brands are rubbish. Not, not, not to throw Amazon under the bus, but like Amazon is the biggest culprit of this. Like they will advertise everything, Ooh. everywhere be, be everything. And you then can get away with maybe the more specific queries because they're throwing dumb money at the problem. Whereas you can throw intelligent okay. money, looking at location, looking at which products make you the most money. Fill in the so blank. eBay is another one. eBay does this a lot too. Big brands are, are rubbish. eBay and Amazon in particular. Brilliant stuff. I'm going to quote you on that. You can't take it back now. It's on record. It's all good. Um, last is, is the really obvious one that I, I think is really obvious, but I'm sure you're going to tell me something I didn't already know. Uh, judge by the bottom line, not vanity metrics. Yeah, so I get very frustrated with um, agencies and in, in-house uh, marketers that set themselves up to have really, really, really difficult conversations because they don't push back when their client or their, their boss tell them, well, you need to raise your quality score by two points by the end yep. of the quarter, or you need to hit exactly a $20 CPA. Well, if you bring your CPA down, your cost per acquisition down to $25, but it was at $50, you did amazing, yep. but you didn't hit that hard number. So I, I encourage you, Thank you. Every, everyone, <laughs> um, think about at what points do you make money? What are the products and services that will set you up, so, that will set you up to, to make money? Mm -hmm. And then from there, work backwards and decide what are reasonable KPIs for you and your business as opposed to using quality score, which is meant to be a, a guide to yep. teach you where to work, to teach you where to focus, 
don't use that as your main KPI. It, it's a health. It's a health indicator. indicator. I remember that from the beginning. It's a health what indicator. What I did like there was you said, I encourage you to, whereas earlier on we had a conversation where I was saying, you should. Uh, and encouraging people rather than telling them what they should do is a really good idea, but that's philosophical and nothing to do with the subject. Uh, next point is what I was really interested in, having okay. just learnt lots that I didn't already know and realised that I've been messing up and creating these difficult conversations. You haven't been messing up, you've, you've just been making life a little bit more challenging for yourself, and therefore you're going to have that much more experience. Well, I won't do it again now. It'll be great. <laughs> I've learnt my lesson. DSA, it's my favourite super top number one uh, thingy in the world for Google Ads and for me as an SEO I say right I do this great SEO once I know that my SEO is 100% on travel mm -hmm. as much as I, I, I think I can get it I launched DSA and I've never messed up with that as long as my SEO has been solid you're saying that I've been lucky I'm not saying you've been lucky. I'm saying that you've been working in the right industries for DSA and setting okay. DSA up for success. So DSA or dynamic search ads oh, is yeah. really, really, really good at teaching you how your people search. It's really good if you have thousands of landing pages. It's really good if you don't actually have a, a price difference or like a, a price issue based off of the different product groupings. Like my favorite use case for DSA is actually to teach me how to build out my shopping feed. So when I have oh, yeah. an e-commerce client, I'll always run a DSA campaign first, um, breaking out by the different uh, groups or auto targets. So I can see what are the, the groups that need what kind of bids, mm. what, what's the demand. Where DSA falls down is not that it's bad, it's that it's designed to do a very specific job and if you kind of let, a, well, you, we were talking about dogs earlier, like if you let a border collie go wild, it will destroy your house. If you give a border collie jobs, it is a happy, wonderful puppy. I thought, and you, so, I thought you were gonna say if you give a border collie control of your DSA campaigns, no, no, it's no, all gonna no, go no, horribly no, no, wrong. No, 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 um, so no. So DSAs, if you don't set the keywords that you're actively targeting as negatives, um, the DSA has a high likelihood of stealing the traffic from those other keywords. And will perform less well because you've spent a lot of time making the ones in your and you're bidding well, and you're bidding against yourself, which is foolish which, which in is, the extreme, which is unfortunate. The other part about DSA that that can be a little bit troublesome, DSA at its heart is an SEO activity. Yeah, like, and and there is no page better SEO'd than the homepage. And it same, tends to attract an awful lot of attention. Exactly. Yeah. Same as the blog. So if you don't exclude your homepage, okay. don't exclude your blog, you are setting yourself up to pay for traffic that honestly should be going to a branded campaign, that should be going, that you shouldn't be paying for. Like the blog isn't where you put your money. That's where you get the organic traffic. So you just want to make sure that you're setting yourself up not to pay for things that you shouldn't be. No, oh, sorry, yeah. Brilliant stuff. It really is kind of know what you're doing, but then that's pretty much true of everything. Uh, don't don't walk on your own feet. No, that's not a thing, is it? Uh, don't yeah. tread on your own feet. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Okay. They're, they're it both fine. They're both now. fine. Um, my, my other question, it's something I was thinking about, is that because Google Ads manual campaigns use those pipes, my clients in SEO who use the pipes, and I suspect they're getting a lower click-through rate because people- What do you mean by pipes? The I pipes, actually... the vertical line. Um, so do you mean the grid of like how you're well, looking? No, when, when you've got a title in Google Ads, you've got three chunks and they, they separate them with oh, the- Oh, so you're talking line. about headlines. Yeah, the headlines. Yeah. And, and the pipes, people who use them in SEO, it struck me the other day that they're getting lower click-through rates when you use pipes in a meta title in SEO because it looks like an ad. And when you use DSA, 
the ads look more like um, organic because they don't have the pipes in because they're using the meta title. So is that a fair point? Am I, have, I, have I hit gold? Um, pipes are actually something that you intentionally add in. They're not, they're not always there. In AdWords? Yeah, Google Ads. So oh. when, when you're crafting your ads, I mean, don't get me wrong, you have struck gold. Um, oh, thank you. But, I'm rich. <laughs> um, <laughs> or but I will be. But with, with ad copy, and this was actually uh, the, the talk I was, I was just giving, is that Google is trying to automate a lot for you. Yeah. Um, from DSA and automatically pulling uh, the copy from your, your page yeah. to, the ad, or to the headlines, to RSAs or responsive search ads where they'll automatically A-B test for you. The thing is, DSA, you lose the ability to craft the headlines, which is the thing that people read the most. People don't really read the description, they read the headline. Okay. So from a product standpoint, it's great. From a real estate standpoint, it's great. From a travel standpoint, it's great. But when you start getting into products and services that are more local or that it's your B2B and you're, you're talking about a remarketing service or an IT solution mm -hmm. or you're, doing, you're, you're a lawyer, you will want to craft the messaging to speak to your prospect. Because the thing is, bad ads lead to bad click theory, lead to bad quality score, um, look terrible. Good ads engage the user. They are not overly formulaic, and they're actually going to be interesting people engage with them. But if your SEO is working in organic because you've correctly identified the intention and ads these, the DSA ads and the organic results are occupying the same space and aiming to attract the same click. Shouldn't that just work whatever you're doing as long as your SEO is good and well-targeted? Well or am I being naive? So what, what do you specifically mean? Do you mean that when your organic placement is on the same page as your paid placement? Well, I mean, with DSA, I would say my SEO, I've aimed at a specific intention or intent from the user on a specific query and I'm ranking for it, therefore the title for that is applicable and pertinent and the person clicks on it, therefore it would make good ad copy. So, so, say, so say for example, and we'll use um, Dig Digital Olympus because we're at Digital Olympus, Brilliant. but there's a Digital Olympus camera. Um, and someone does a search for Digital Olympus uh, camera um, black plus case, I don't know, so, something yeah. like that. Um, the headline in the DSA ad would potentially pull in the specific product. Yep. It might also pull in a grouping of ads that are part of the, the brand for Digital Olympus. Um, on the organic side, you may in fact have that individual um, page. You may also have the grouping. You may also have your home page simply because that's what, what landed there. You're not guaranteed to have a particular okay. page serve. So the value of paid is not that you're replacing your SEO. It's not its job. The value of paid is that you're able to specifically make a promise to the user. The you, you're pre-qualifying the user that they are looking to engage with you at the price you're looking to sell. Okay. and you lead them to an exact location. So DSA is really good for, on the data acquisition side, not so much later, later on, because DSA's job is to teach you how your people search, whereas, okay. on, and, and we can debate this, like you don't have to just. I just agree with everything you say. Because okay. you work for WordStream, and is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And and they know everything about everything. We don't know everything, no, everything about, about everything. Sorry about Google Ads. Excuse me. <laughs> and Bing and Facebook. Um, oh, but excuse me. It's all good. Um, so, the reason DSA 
is, I, like I have positive feelings about DSA, is its job is to help people. Mm. Its job is to make your life easier so that you don't have to build out massive campaigns with massive ad groups, teach you how people search, auction yep. prices, so on and so forth. But the moment you start using DSA, if you're say a, a plumber, mm. and you just service one local area, there's no point to it. Like you, the, the whole reason of DSA is that you're pulling up all the different pages and you're crafting ads and you're okay. seeing the different queries by page. It is, you want to be careful about applying DSA broadly. Yeah, so I, I've, I've been saying it's a panacea and you're saying actually it's not. It's got some great applications, but it isn't going to work for everybody. More fool me. Now, last question. We've, we've done DSA. That was brilliant. Where is Google Ads going next? So Google cares about audiences, yep. automation, and uh, oh, there was another one, attribution. A so it's, a a it's, it's the three A's. Yeah, so attribution, audiences, automation. Um, and DSA, ironically enough, is part of that automation family. Super duper. Um, audiences are actually the mo my favorite because audiences have made it so that on the display side, we actually have value. On the search side, you can target someone who's already in market. So for example, we, we talked about my travel. Um, I get targeted when I'm about to go on my trips because like they see kind of when my flights were booked, when I start looking at the weather in whatever location, like I'll get in mm. what I'm assuming are in market ads, both on the search and on the display side mm. for products and services that are in the locations I'm going to. Because you can actually target mm -hmm. someone who is going to travel to a particular location. You can target, and I didn't realize this, this is, was my favorite thing to discover ever, was that you can target people who are in market for SEO and SEM services. So if you're looking to grow your business, like Google was like, all right, we'll help you. Here's an audience for- Super, I, I'll bet nobody knows that in France so I can get all the business I want. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. And just you do a bit of adjustment on it, it's great. Super duper. So. That, that ends the, the interview. That was a brilliant last point, is that we can all get loads of new business because Google's put this up in display. Thank you very much. Totally. SEO is AEO. Thank you, Nevada. SEO is AEO. Thank you, Neva. Thank you. <laughs> I got your name wrong. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you.